when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of that. It was like, <laughs> like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. It's time for Carolina football. Let's get the fuck out of your seats. Spurs up. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast presented by MyBookie. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I need a drink, and I need it bad. So <laughs> oh, much going on in the SEC. You ain't drinking a Rona, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, no Rona for us. I'm, I'm still in my bunker here. And uh, let me just be clear, I'm not drinking to celebrate any of this news. I don't want anyone to be confused here. I'm drinking because, my God, it looks like... You the know, world's it's, falling apart. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm not ready to go doom and gloom, but every hour that passes, something gets worse. I don't know what's coming next, but uh, the big news, of course, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID. Oh, my God. I thought it was, you know, it's almost one of those when you when the news first leaks, you got to check it three or four times. Make sure it's not one of these damn fake Twitter accounts or what have you. But, oh, my God, Shane, I'm going to take a sip of this beer. What's your thoughts on Nick Saban testing positive? Well, a couple thoughts, Mike. The first thing that popped in my head was obviously Hugh Freeze in the hospital bed at the game (laughs) because that's got to happen this weekend, Mike. We're talking about the Georgia Bulldogs coming to town. This is a huge game. So this was like the worst time. Then the second thought was like, you know, well, maybe after last week he thought he was going to lose, you know, to one of his uh, protégés, and he didn't mm-hmm. want to spike that 21-0 and streak. So now he's finding an out, and I'm like, nah, that's not Nick Saban. You know, I was imagining Nick Saban getting this test and him immediately looking at him and saying, test me again. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, Saban will not accept a positive result. So uh, it's, it's crazy with all the COVID news and, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I mean – I, I'm not. Uh, listen, we steer we steer clear of politics. We steer we, as much as we can about COVID talk. We we're, you know, uh, I, I you know, there's Corona Bros and there's not. You know, I'm I'm in a lot of threads with a lot of people. Uh, some of them are, you know, taking COVID really, really, really serious, which they probably should. And some of them, you know, hey, it's just another, you know, whatever. 
Uh, I, I will say personally, Mike, I've I've had two close relatives to me, uh, extremely close, uh, and, and to both of us actually, and uh, both have corona, and they had different results. You know, both of them, it was it was moderate. It, it was something that it wasn't a big deal. It was uh, something they survived, you know, mm -hmm. now I get, now I know there's a little bit more concern with elderly people, you know, but mm -hmm. you know, Nick Saban's not your typical 95 year old, Mike, No, you know, he the, looks the like man, he's 40. Absolutely. Uh, the man could probably kick both our asses. So I, I think he's in better shape than both of uh, us. And, and I think he'll be fine. And the, everything I'm hearing, it sounds like he doesn't even have symptoms. Am I right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is just the world we're living in. SEC, they had a damn presser from his from his den here. <laughs> so what happened? So, you know, they do the daily testing down there in Alabama. Nick Saban tests positive. The AD, Greg Byrne, has tested positive. Mm -hmm. And apparently Nick Saban said, you know, he gets tested every day. They found out he was positive, and he hightailed it back home. He lives right by the football facility, so he didn't. he's just down the road, and He's still doing meetings. He's feeling fine. He's not feeling sick. So that's great news. And apparently none none of the players are tested positive. So that's mm. also good news. And yeah, I mean, it sounds like... Sounds like Butch Jones spiked that coffee, man. You know? <laughs> what, is he going to get fired from the sanitized team? <laughs> oh, sorry. Again, we're not making fun of... of, of corona or COVID, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm not. You know, we, we, we're laughing to to not cry because it to me mike it reminds me when i was at work one time and i had a slight rip in the crotch of my pants okay it sucked i i, I knew it as soon as i got out of the truck i was like oh my gosh i got this i gotta be careful and as i went throughout the day man i kept forgetting about it you know i do a big stretch or something and next thing you know that little rip came a bigger rip, you know, and that's what I, when I'm thinking of this Corona news and the way it's just coming out, I'm just, I, I feel like, like, man, we're barely hanging on here. And, uh, <laughs> if, if a couple more rips, man, you're, you know, you're, you're exposed. So I just, I, I'm worried. And like I said, we're, we're not making fun of the, of the coronavirus by no means, but we're just, you know, we're trying to make lie of the moment because we really don't know what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, let's kick it over to Nick Saban real quick here. He, like I said, he gave a short presser and uh, I think people will want to hear from him because he was upbeat. He was positive. He's going to kick COVID's ass. Nick Saban mm -hmm. kicks everybody's ass. He's going to kiss, <laughs> kick this thing in the ass too. So uh, let's kick it over to coach real quick. And then we'll talk about it on the other side. Coach, uh, two-part real quick. First was, did you find out through the routine daily testing that you're doing, um, did you did you feel any different and, and ask for a test, or was it the routine testing? No, this was routine every day. We test our players every day. I get tested every day. Um, I feel fine. I felt fine. I was very surprised, you know, by this. So, and then we got the results back at 1 o'clock today. And, and also, in the light of this, and, and um, Lane Kiffin saying that Ole Miss was dealing with, with certain issues, have you, in the player daily testing, have you noticed, has there been a noticeable difference in positives or any, any change or any indication of a spike? No, we haven't had any indications of that at all with any player. Thank you, Coach. Did you guys have a succession plan in place uh, in case you were to test positive, and how much autonomy will Steve have to make his own make decisions for the team? Well, you know, the autonomy part, we haven't really decided yet, but um, in light of the fact that any coach could test positive, uh, we try to have a protocol in place for 
Um, you know, if we lost a coach, especially one in a leadership position, uh, who would, you know, step in for them? Uh, obviously, Sark has been a head coach before. Um, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to play out in terms of when the game comes, you know, whether I can have communication with people or not. So um, we'll, we'll have to research and sort of figure that one out. But we did have a plan for each coach on the staff as to what might happen. Um, and we just got to go from there. Just like if we lose a player, we have to do the same thing. Hey, Coach, do you have a handle on how limited you'll be in the game planning process while you're remote outside of game day? Like how much you may I, not? I can do absolutely everything here that I do. Um, I'll have the same exact routine. You know, the first thing I do on Thursday morning is watch the defense practice with the defense. Then we do two minute and two point plays. I, then I watch what we did against each other with the offense. Then I watch the offensive practice and I watch special teams. Um, then I usually do a little write up for two minute and two point plays for the team. I'll do all those things exactly like I always do it. Um, I watch practice today. I had the manager had a phone. If I wanted to play repeated, I said, repeat that play. So-and-so messed up. So, you know, I, di I didn't leave the country or anything. I'm just right down the street and we have this technology. So it's really unique. Now, I don't have any experience in this. Right? So, but we're going to do the best we can to keep everything normal as possible. Nick, I'm curious with uh, contact tracing in, re in regards to your positive. Can you walk me through a little bit of, of what that process is, please? Well, you know, our medical staff sort of manages that, but, you know, everybody manages their own personal space. You know, I wear this mask, you know, in the office when I'm around anybody. Um, wear it around the players. All the players wear it in meetings. Uh, so we have a protocol in place that, you know, we're concerned about anybody and the whole organization uh, that could possibly, that could test positive. So the secretaries have masks on. So we're trying to have everybody manage their own personal space. And that's that's the best we can do it. Our medical staff has done a really good job of that to this point. Uh, and hopefully it'll continue that way. Nick, uh, obviously it's the pandemic. We've seen a lot on the news as well as in the sports world. What is it right now that probably concerns you the most with the diagnosis? Well, I feel fine, so I'm not really concerned that much about my health, uh, but you never know. Um, you know, I just want to make, uh, look, I, I basically feel like, um, you know, when we're in our own personal bubble here, I think everybody's in a much safer place. I think as soon as you travel, you get exposed to a lot more things and a lot more people, if that makes any sense. Even though I've worn a mask on the sidelines, I wear a mask all the time uh, in the hotel, uh, on the bus, uh, in the plane. So um, I can't, nobody really knows, you know, how this occurs. Uh, but I know that our medical staff has done a really good job. And the number one thing that I would be concerned about is, you know, can the players still go out, focus on the game, play the game? It's a big game for them. I, our goal as coaches is always to get them in the best position they can be in to be able to have success. And um, we, we, we need to try to continue to do that. And that would be, you know, the greatest concern that I have. Um, not that, 
you know, I, I haven't blocked anybody or tackled anybody, caught any passes, thrown any passes in a game for a long, long time. So um, it's still going to be up to how the players execute. And uh, it's still going to be up to our, it's up to us to try to get them in the best position to do that. Hey, Coach, you, uh, you, you talked about how focused the players are being uh, uh, through this time. When, when you were able to watch them on Zoom through the practice, just talk about the focus that they have shown. Uh, I, I didn't see anything different about practice. Uh, I got to see a lot more because when you look at it wide angle, you see a lot more than when you're just standing on the field. Uh, but, you know, I thought the intensity was good. The focus was good. The players were trying to get it right. Um, so I, I didn't really see anything any different. Uh, I, I can tell you we've had a lot worse practices when I'm there. So, um, Maybe it was a good thing that I wasn't there. <laughs> All right, Chance. So it's kind of great. I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, Alabama did this because they didn't have to, obviously. And a lot of these schools, particularly in the SEC, they like to you know keep all the information on lockdown. But here's Nick Saban front and center. He sounds fantastic. He sounds great. Sounds optimistic. Like I said, he's going to get through this thing. And it sounds like we got us a game here on Saturday. And it's just going to be bizarre as hell to see – Nick Saban not on the sidelines. It'd be fascinating to see if they have a, you know, a way for him to coach in the game, or, or you know, obviously mm-hmm. not from the sideline, but from home or whatever, or mm-hmm. just giving them notes. And uh, I sure hope that CBS finds a way, even if it's outside, to just have a <laughs> camera into his den. You know, <laughs> people holding candles outside of Saban's residence. Oh, they're out Jeez. there already. You know it. Oh, I know, I know. They've 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 already. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Mike, I'm sorry. Let me ask you something. I don't know if this is possible or not, but um, when I went to the, you know, I everybody knows followers of the podcast. I had a little bit of COVID scare myself, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a room that was like strictly for Corona people, right? right? You know, like they have their like own air circulating and whatever, but. I mean, the game's not till Saturday. I mean, is there, is there a po- – I mean, I'm just throwing this out there. Is there a possibility that they could create some room up there that is, you know, corona safe, you know, bring them in? Not – I don't want to say like bubble boy, but, you know, like – so like he's wearing like a <laughs> – just uh, – this is my head working, Mike, because, you know, we're talking about a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, with Nick Saban, we're talking about. I mean, this, people want him there. People right. don't want. I mean, Georgia fans. I know they're they're probably like partly excited that they're not going to deal with it. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you win this game, there's always going to be that asterisk, and it's not going to come to. I mean, even even though Nick Saban's going to have his hands into this game, it's it's his baby. If something happens and uh, and Georgia ends up winning this game, there's always going to be that. Well, he didn't really lose to Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think this is the best opportunity that Georgia has had in a long time. So I don't think, I think they want Saban there. And that's why I was asking, is there any possible way that we can get his ass to the building uh, and, and in the, in some quarantined room, kind of like I, I, I joked earlier at the start of the show about Hugh Freeze 
uh, from his hospital bed. It, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, the guy has no symptoms, but if he could be in a room to himself with a headset in real life watching this game, then you can say Nick Saban coached this Alabama Crimson Tide team. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the only way that happens is – I don't know if you're familiar with the term false positive, but sometimes you take a test Mm -hmm. and you are in fact negative, but you test positive. So they give you another test and hopefully it comes out negative. And I think, I think, I think the rule is you got to have multiple negatives in a row. And if that happens then you're, you're clear. And even then I think they would do, they might do something like that, you know, where he's in the box isolated. Cause yeah, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but other than that, you know, if he's positive, no, he's got to stay away. He's got to isolate. He's not supposed to leave. He's not supposed to leave for meals. He's not supposed to leave for anything. Mm. And I think that's what he's talking about. I, you know, I'm, I'm just down the street, brother. You know, like we got Zoom. <laughs> we got the telephone. We, Of course, he don't do email or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they'll be in constant communication with him. But I think the reality, and I'm not seeing anyone talk about this, if he is positive and today's the day they found out, I think he's out for the Tennessee game, too, because I think you have to be out for 10 days. And I'm just doing, you know, the math in my head. I would be right around the Tennessee game. So could he come back if the Tennessee – potentially he could come back if, maybe if that's the day he's allowed. But I think it might be the day after the Tennessee game he's allowed to come back. So, yeah, I'm hmm. I'm just interested to see how his team plays without him. You know, maybe maybe they play inspired football for him. Yeah, or maybe they're, now, it's just like I don't know. It's just going to be so weird. Maybe they they can't focus. You know. Let me ask you one more one more thing because, like, is this uh, Nick Saban's personal doctor giving this test, or is this like uh, you know like a neutral party? Or no, is, the, the is Kirby requi- going to be in the room? <laughs> I mean, the SEC has required all these tests to be third party, independent. Okay, they're doing them all. all right. Because I, I know guys that, you know, have a little trouble passing drug tests and for the right amount of money, you know, just, hey, how's your lungs? You know, just go in there. Can you breathe in this? The, the line has shifted already to minus four. It was at minus six. So that's interesting, Nick Saban. I figured it was worth a little bit more. but uh, a, a safety, that's it, huh? Yeah. So Alabama's still favored, <laughs> even with Nick Saban sitting at home on his couch. So. Man, this is uh, th- we are, this was already the game of the year. Now it's kind of the story of the year. Yeah, and it was just going to be fascinating to see how they adjust to all this. You know what? And Mike, huge news, but, but clearly not. That's not the biggest news this week with Corona, is it? No, I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, it just keeps getting I mean, us. But uh, yeah, the so let's jump to that one. LSU at Florida postponed officially. This thing is tentatively scheduled to December. 12th the same date Vanderbilt Missouri is supposed to be played this will be the week after the final regular got, season game got bumped to noon mine <laughs> they got bumped to noon man Mizzou had a had an opportunity I, I thought this would be perfect they'd have the their own Saturday but nope nope <laughs> no nope. coach O said nope ain't gonna happen Hey, hey, this might favor LSU in a weird way because uh, right before this was announced that it wasn't going to happen, Coach O revealed that Miles Brennan likely doubtful for this game. So he got hurt in that Missouri game. He finished it out. I was not aware that he was dealing with a significant injury, but uh, let's kick it over to Coach O real quick. He revealed this on the SEC Coaches Teleconference. 
Coach, um, you said Miles Brennan was sore Monday, uh, didn't practice. Was that primarily from the hit he took on the goal line when he was trying to run the ball in, and, and what's his status right now? Exactly. He's doubtful. Uh, he's doubtful. I think that maybe uh, Friday he'll by, by Friday he'll come around, but he didn't practice yesterday. He's not going to practice today. Uh, I haven't talked to Jack yet, but I know he's not practicing today. I think he's going to practice towards the end of the week. So, Coach, um, you, you thinking you're going to have to start a true freshman at quarterback in the in the swamp? No, yeah, we may have to. Yeah, we may have to. And uh, we, Max and TJ had both had great practices uh, yesterday. They're both equal right now. Both of those young men are doing a great job. And if we have to uh, start one up, we're going to do it. And I'm going to believe in them. So he, that's what I'm saying, Shade. I mean, this postponement in a weird way. Hell, I, I mean, it's kind of weird to even think about it this way because we don't know when the game's going to be played, but. All of a sudden, LSU gets an extra week to rest their quarterback. They get an extra week to fix this defense. Yep. Now, Florida has the same, except obviously their quarterback's not injured. Their, the backup has been kind of banged up. Emory Jones, he didn't make the trip, I don't believe, to Texas A&M. So there's somewhat of an advantage there too. But, yeah, I think um, if you, in a weird way, I think this is plays in LSU's favor. What about you? You know, it's funny you said that because that's kind of what I was going to ask. When I, when I first heard the news that both these teams were going to get postponed, I was like, you know what? It couldn't happen to two better teams. Like, think about it. With everything going on, there's probably LSU, Florida Gators are probably the two top teams, I would think, that really need a bye week right now mm-hmm. to, to get, you know, to get things settled. Florida coming off that tough loss there at Texas A&M. You know, they, they, they're going to have to, they got to get that defense fixed. This gives them another week to do so. LSU, same thing. I mean, they're sitting there at one and two. That's not what we expected. We expected them to possibly, I mean, we expect them to be undefeated at this point. Mm -hmm. And, and here they are, and they're not even through the, to the toughest teams of their schedule. So I think this, I mean, obviously sucks that, that we, we had to jumble these schedules around. and uh, But I think that this is beneficial for both teams. So let's kick it over next to uh, Scott Strickland, the AD down there at Florida. He gave a um, Zoom press conference here from Gainesville and just kind of gave the lowdown on what's going on, the information. Sounds like they got 20-plus players in COVID. They got a couple coaches. Not Dan Mullen, though, some assistant coaches and – you know, one of the damn funniest things I saw on Twitter, someone said, we got to fire someone over this, and I nominate Todd Grantham. <laughs> we are, uh, due to a significant number of COVID cases, we are unfortunately announcing a postponement of the Florida LSU game uh, that was scheduled for Saturday and uh, have worked with um, Scott Woodward, the athletic director at LSU, along with the uh, – the SEC office, Charlie Hussey, Mark Womack, and of course Commissioner Sankey, uh, to tentatively have rescheduled that game for December 12th, which, as you know, was a date put in the league schedule um, for for circumstances like this because we anticipated there there might be issues as we went through the season. Um, just to give you guys some some uh, some details, among our scholarship players, we have 18 current positives. We have another three walk-ons who are positive, so a total of 21 current team members. And when you add in those who are quarantined through contact tracing as a result of those positives 
in addition to a handful of players who are on the non-COVID injury list, it, uh, it gives the Gators less than 50 scholarship players available currently. So um, certainly understand the importance of, of, you know, of trying to have a team prepared and available if possible during this, this, uh, this odd season that we're all in. Uh, certainly that was our intention, but uh, we've, we've reached a point where we, we don't think it's appropriate that uh, we try to play, to get, play the game this weekend. Uh, really have no obvious answers about the origin of the spread, uh, but we, uh, there's suspicion that the, the trip this past weekend to, to College Station probably was at the root of it. Um, and, and again, a lot of this is anecdotal, but from talking to our sports health staff, uh, we, a couple of, the, of our athletes who have tested positive since coming back from that trip uh, subsequently reported that when, you know, last, late last week they, they had uh, what they thought were allergy-type symptoms. One of them was congested, one had a headache, and uh, they did not report those symptoms as, as, uh, as we, you know, we have an expectation they do so because they didn't think it was anything other than just uh, seasonal-type um, cold that we experienced through allergies or whatever. So uh, there's a suspicion that maybe that is what uh, helped make this a, an event that had this kind of spread. What's um? Did you send home the football staff till Monday? I'm seeing where people reporting that. I mean, is, are you guys basically clearing out for a while? Yeah, we're pausing all activities indefinitely, as I just said. We don't really have a timeline on that. We're just kind of, uh, for the time being, we're going to uh, kind of hit pause on everything. Yes, yeah, Scott. Other than reiterating the desire for players to come forward whenever they feel any kind of a symptom, is there anything that you can see here? potential change moving forward that would help in the protocols? Well, the, uh, the, the travel situation, I think, is going to get a really uh, close review. Uh, I think there's been some NFL teams that have also had issues with that very thing, and, and there's no secret that that's the, the one part of, of playing sports that is a little more complicated. Um, you know, you, you've heard Coach Mullen talk about all the, the steps we've taken uh, within our own facility uh, to, you know, put the weight room, uh, the, the weight equipment over in the indoor where they have the, the, the open air environment uh, and have the meeting spaces up in the, in the, in the uh, stadium where, again, they have an open air environment. Doing a lot of things on a day-to-day -day basis to not put yourself in a position where you have something like this occur, uh, it's hard to create that when you're, when you're traveling. And, um, you know, we, we've got to continue to be really uh, open to ideas of, of how we can make those situations uh, a little healthier if you have a situation where you have uh, a potential spreader involved. All right, so there you have it from Scott Strickland, Shade. And uh, yeah, it's, it certainly sounds like the danger zone here. And Nick Saban kind of alluded to it a little bit as well, but you know, these teams are doing outstanding as long as they're home, they're in their facility, you know, everything's mm -hmm. monitored. But when you hit the road, and that's not to necessarily blame, you know, Texas A&M where Florida just went or Ole Miss where Alabama went, but you're talking planes, buses, hotels. This is yeah. why what we talked about it on this show. Everyone kind of dismissed it, but Will Muschamp, remember he said, I, I think we should show up the game of the day or the, the day of the game. Mm -hmm go into the stadium, play the damn game, get the hell out of there. That mm -hmm. that may be what they start doing because it sounds like that's where these issues are coming from is because you just don't know when you're going into like an unknown situation, you got so many people. Yeah, 
No, I, and actually, I'm just throwing this out there because I saw this tweet. A longtime listener, uh, fan of the podcast, uh, at Stanton Allen, Midnight Rider. He says, anyone else find it odd the last three teams that played A&M, Vandy, Bama, and Florida have either canceled their games Saturday or had the head coach test positive? So I was like, Obviously, that's coincidence, but there for a minute, I did have to think about it for a second. I was like, wait a minute, what the hell's Jimbo doing down there? <laughs> Maybe he's I got mean, the kiss of death it. down there, huh? Uh, I'm telling you, man. So, no, there's there's a lot to this. And, and you know, uh, one of the coaches, uh, who was it? Kiffin was mm-hmm. talking about this. You know, he goes, we're doing everything we can. He goes, but, the, you know, we're loading up in extra buses to get on a plane and sit next to each other. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously – this this is tougher to work. I mean, you can't really drive to the games, you know, anymore. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm not the guy to tell you how to keep Corona separate from everybody else. I don't know how, but recirculating air in the airplane, I have heard that that's part of the problems. But mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. All right. So and unfortunately, we're not even done with COVID. So let's kick it down to uh, Oxford, where all of a sudden Ole Miss at Arkansas. This is one of the more entertaining games that I'm thinking is going to be on the schedule this weekend. I'm really looking forward to this game. It may not happen now. Now that's certainly not official. We we'll have to. There's one final round of testing down there at at Ole Miss. But if the spread keeps going, according to Coach Kiffin, certainly sounds like this game is going to be on the chopping block too. So let's kick it over to Coach. Talks about the situation down there, and then he was also asked about the finale of that Arkansas Auburn game where. The Bo Nicks spike and everything, and Razorback fans will certainly appreciate this comment. Plan there been some COVID outbreaks at Vanderbilt and Florida. I'm wondering how your numbers are. Um, for the first time, we are having issues with that. Um, and a number of guys out. I'm not going to get into numbers. Um, so we have not had that in season. We had that during camp. This is the first time dealing with it in season. It's very difficult, you know moving people around, you know, because and we're beat up too, you know, from a very, you know, high play count, intense game uh, versus a great team Saturday. So we are not in a great situation uh, number-wise at all. Do you think your numbers are such that the game might be postponed or rescheduled? Uh, it would – we can play today. So we'll see. Well, it said Sunday or Monday. Our first meeting, you know, it just got real. So anytime you talk about things, it's never doesn't hit home till it happens to you, you know. And so now they're seeing it and seeing depth charts move and people have to change positions and different things. So um, I hope it it really was another reminder. Hey, coach. After seeing the Arkansas Auburn game, I was wondering if you had a, a thought or an opinion on you know how that game ended for Arkansas. I mean, I'm sure Auburn, you know, counting their blessings. I mean, the ball's backwards. I mean, Knox knew that when he saw it. So, um, really a shame for for Arkansas to play that well and and should have won the game. So this is how these coaches, uh, you know, they stay <laughs> away from getting fined. But Giffen said it himself. I mean, my 11 year old boy saw uh, <laughs> that was a damn backwards. <laughs> Spike, and, and how's that not a damn fumble? So, 
you know, he's getting some good grace there from the Arkansas fan base that uh, is not, mm-hmm. not a big fan of him after that coaching, you know, switcheroo there. But my God, Shane, like I said, I mean, that this is why I'm drinking while I'm doing this show because I just can't take another postponement at this time. You know what? No, no, no more postponement. I hope everything, I mean, your fingers are crossed. I mean, you, I, I watched the NFL and how they're handling it. And like I said, we were, we were joking about, you know, some, the, the guy that runs the Coke machine down there at gate three <laughs> gets it. And they send everybody home and they're like, Oh, well, I'm glad it's not the SEC, but well, we don't know, man, behind the schedule, behind the, behind the curtain, you know, the contract tracing and, and all that, you just, it's, it's an absolute animal. And I feel for the, for the staff trying to keep up with this. I mean, you're fighting, you're fighting something you can't even see, you mm. know what I'm saying? So, and there's so many variables and everybody wants college football, myself included. We just want it done. And, you know, it's, you got, I mean, the kid's safety, that is important uh, because I mean, all it takes is one mic. And if, if one, you know, doesn't bounce back, then, you know, we're singing a different tune. So I, I just, I just, I don't know. It, we're, it's a constant learning. This is something nobody expected. You know, the fact that we're, you know, halfway through October and we've had three games right now is it, quite impressive to, to be the first time that we have to deal with this. I thought it, we would deal with it week one, mm-hmm. but um, I think these guys are learning and, and, uh, and, and I think they're doing better preventing everybody but it's still i mean it's still a working progress yeah i'd say here on saturday the games that do go down those coaches are gonna be wearing that face mask i would say <laughs> you know what I mean? absolutely yeah maybe yeah no definitely all right final thing here about the covid situation thank god we're almost done with it but uh Derek mason obviously vanderbilt's game with missouri has been postponed due to vanderbilt not having enough players so this was the first that uh, Coach Mason talked about it. So I just thought that uh, Commodore fans, SEC fans, would want to hear from Coach. So he kind of breaks down the situation down there uh, in Nashville. Yes. Um, my football team right now, I mean, we're currently looking, uh, you know, I'm going to get uh, like some of our injured players back as well as, you know, like players that have gone through, uh, you know, contact tracing and or, uh, you know, and or, uh, you know, protocols for COVID-19. Um, that's – that's where we sit as of right now. And like today, we were able to get out uh, on the field a little bit for the guys, you know, that we do have and, you know, run around. Our numbers haven't, you know, been going up, uh, which is great, uh, you know, for us. But the idea is we had we had enough guys that were out due to injury and or, uh, uh, you know, man, COVID-19 protocols, man, that we couldn't, we couldn't uh, like foresee ourselves playing like this week. And uh, obviously that – you know, waiting to get those numbers back is something that, uh, you know, for us, man, we need as we look to move forward. But uh, we were on the grass today. Um, again, you know, guys are doing a good job, uh, you know, in, in the midst of everything going on. And we're just taking it one day at a time. All right, Shane. So it sounds pretty rough down there in Vanderbilt. I mean, only got, like you said, 40 scholarship players around there. So, I mean, they're far off from the number. I guess that's why they were able to postpone this thing so quickly. They just knew. It was not going to be in the cards. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess they had the right number against South Carolina, but I think it showed in the second half that they didn't have the numbers and with their opt-outs and injuries, and it's just mounting there. And just you hate to hear it because we all knew going into this damn 10-game SEC schedule, Vanderbilt was going to be seriously behind the eight ball. 
And now the fact that they're dealing with all this, it's just putting Derek Mason, who's already on a hot seat, it's just putting him in an unbelievable difficult spot. And uh, I wish I wish there was some way to fix it, you know? Yeah, I wish there was. And this, this podcast turned into a little doom and gloom, Mike. I'm trying to stay positive, but... <laughs> well, the good news is they... Yeah. So they've already postponed the, the next game. But the next week, they got a bye week. So they got two weeks to deal with this situation, potentially. And then, yeah. then of course, they got to play Ole Miss, who's having their issues. <laughs> but hopefully, I mean, hopefully by that but, time, everybody's over it. But, uh, yeah. One of the good news is we haven't lost any games yet. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and we haven't lost any coaches or players or, you know, I mean, it's just everything seems, seems okay. It's just, I don't know. It's just uh, – it's difficult, so yeah, mm-hmm. we're just hanging in there, just like you guys are. Okay, one final thing, Shane. Hey, we got some actual good news. Well, not for you, but for the Georgia Bulldog Nation here. <laughs> Georgia... They scored another touchdown. <laughs> no. Well, oh, they no. might as well have because <laughs> Georgia beats, sorry, Shane, Tennessee for five-star lineman Amarius yeah. Mims. Just wanted to make that note because uh, – you know, during the season, we don't talk much recruiting, but this is the number six overall player in the nation, number two offensive tackle. You just can't let these five-star linemen from the state of Georgia out if you're the Bulldogs. Six foot seven, 315 pounds. Mm. You know, once he gets into that uh, Kirby Smart program, they're going to pack some weight on him. This is uh, maybe their next mammoth lineman. He's the highest-rated commit in Georgia's class. They've already got a five-star quarterback. Now they've potentially got a five-star offensive tackle to protect the blind side of Brock Vandergriff. Georgia's now got the number seven recruiting class in the nation with plenty of room to move up the ranking. So great news for the Georgia Bulldogs. Sorry, Shane, but mm. that was a big one. We had, we had to mention that one. Yeah, I could just see uh, Coach Luke's evil smile. <laughs> so, yeah, he's happy. It's his vampire teeth. <laughs> <laughs> all right Chase. so that's all we got man was this this was even worse talking about than i thought it would be but uh hey the next podcast we may be down a couple but we're gonna make some picks it's gonna be a good podcast we got a nice little uh surprise for you guys we're gonna try out a new feature so let us know what you guys think of that on friday when you hear that one mm-hmm. but um hey on the bright side man i know this is kind of doom and gloom but hell we got some we got some great games here. We got Georgia, Alabama. We got Tennessee, Kentucky, oh, yeah. Auburn, South Carolina, Arkansas, Ole Miss. We got Mississippi State, Texas A&M. Now, remember all the all those months ago, we didn't even know if we we're going to have a damn mm-hmm. single game. Exactly. If you were to throw up that slate, I would have signed up for it a hundred out of a hundred. Exactly. Not the end of the world. We're going to get these games in and. Then another thing, I was talking to somebody that said, well, hell, this just extends the SEC season. So here we go. I mean, we got more football to talk about, more podcasts to give. And, uh, hey, there's going to be better days ahead. Absolutely, Mike. Well, before we get off, man, I do got a little NFL news to get to, brother. Uh-oh. Cousin Shane Victory. Watch it all. Deep ball. Metcalf got it. 
Touchdown, Seattle. Second down and three. Big hole. Edwards Alaire will take it to the end zone. Clock is at one. They do. Off they go. Catches make it to first and a lot more. Julio Jones out in front. He's going to go all the way. Touchdown. Throws. Intercepted. It's picked off by Mika Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick is going to go. Well, I'm going to keep this one simple, Mike, uh, all right, because I'm, I'm ill-prepared as a course. <laughs> <laughs> no. Gonna, yeah, no, seriously, I, I really am. But I'm just going to go off the games I watched, Mike. How about that? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so in no particular order, I want to go over a few uh, few players. Actually, I'm just gonna I'm gonna run right into it. One of the one of the guys that I have noticed this year really take off, and it's extremely rare this young for for this young of a player to just emerge as a, just a freaking dominance on the field, mm-hmm. and that's got to be grown ass man DK Metcalf. Ooh. Have you seen him lately? Uh, I know he's a damn beast. I saw. <laughs> him and Randy's Moss, I, I can't remember the stat, but I think uh, his stats, the only one that's ever matched him in such a short time is Randy exactly. Moss. So there you go. Yeah. He's he's like a David Boston 2.0, but actually is good at football, you know? So, <laughs> And he was fantastic this week, dude. Uh, he ended up catching a couple of crucial catches, but ended up with six receptions, 93 yards, and two touchdowns dk Ole miss metcalf grown-ass man fantastic game mm-hmm. number two mike this one is near and dear to my heart because he's on my fantasy football team and no i don't know yeah <laughs> now this guy is killing it and he doesn't get the respect he deserves he didn't from the team he just left and he's starting to get it now with the carolina panthers and that is running back mike Davis. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. A lot of people, when they think about a Carolina running back, they're not thinking of Mike Davis, but since a little Stanford kid got hurt, Christian McCaffrey, this man has stepped in and killed it for the last three weeks, man. He is, uh, he's, he's averaging over 80 yards, or 80 yards a game. He's getting a touchdown, but what's best is the receptions. Eight, eight, five and nine were the last games. I mean, he's had touchdowns in multiple games this year. I had to give a shout out to Mike Davis because I don't know how long he's going to have that starting role, but he has been fantastic. And the Carolina Panthers, man, have been undefeated since he's been back there. So I just thought that was impressive. And he's going against the Bears this week. Mm-hmm. And why that's funny is because the Bears didn't think he was good enough. And then down here he is down in Carolina <laughs> freaking killing it. So Mike Davis, South Carolina, number two. It sounds like Joe Brady's system really working in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And last but not least, I, obviously I should put honorable mention Derek Henry's stiff arm in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. You, did you see that? He made that guy look like a little boy, didn't he? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. I mean, he is a he is a he's, he's a grown ass man too. But last but not least, Mike, we've got quarterback 
Ryan Tannehill. Name that college. Texas A&M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came out there. Even though Derek Gidry had the highlight, man, it, if it weren't for uh, Tannehill's performance, I, I don't think they would have won this game. Even though he, he had a, not, not that many yards, 195, but he had three freaking touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. The guy was an absolute beast. So Ryan Tannehill, number one, going over the Buffalo Bills, which surprisingly is a fantastic ball club this year. Man, he's really uh, rejuvenated his career too because I thought after Miami, I thought he was a bust. Now he's looks like a franchise quarterback. Just needed that second win, baby. Beat them Bills 42-16. I mean, it wasn't even close. And the Bills, have, I mean, they were undefeated at the time. So the Titans back on it, man. They just need a little corona break. Maybe that's what Vandy needs, Mike. You know, just a little break. Come back and start kicking some ass. So Absolutely. But that's, that, that's all I got from the NFL, Mike. Okay, well, thanks for uh, sharing that update, Shane. Fans definitely appreciate that one, giving those guys a shout-out, former SEC standouts. But, uh, hey, that's going to do it for this one. We promise the next one will be a lot more uplifting. (laughs) Going to have some fun, going to make some picks. And, of course, as always, we like to remind everybody, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind giving us that five-star review, written review on Apple Podcasts, we'll send you a beer koozie free of choice. We got Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn. We got koozies for all of you, and we got more teams on the way. So uh, that's just our way of saying thanks, but uh, that's all I got. You got anything else before we hop off here? No, Mike, that's it. Yep, little little doom and gloom on this podcast. Next time we'll try to be positive. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Too <All> soon? Right. <laughs> we, that's a perfect note to get out on huh thanks for joining me shane as always thanks everybody for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one Mm, dad jokes undefeated go vols